This episode of the Open-Ended Podcast is sponsored by Lodge Management Group. Wings and beer, almost as good as podcasts. That's why Chicago's Summer Wing Fest wants to give listeners a free t-shirt when they buy tickets with offer code PODCAST, available at wingfest.net. Thanks to the Chicago Podcast Cooperative for hooking up our sponsorships. You can learn more at chicagopodcastcoop.com. Also, before we started this, didn't realize how much money podcasting actually takes with hosting and all that other stuff. So if you feel compelled and you really like what we're doing and want to help keep the lights on, you can donate to us monthly starting at $1 at patreon.com slash open-ended. Again, that's patreon.com slash open-ended. So guys, if you are listening to this podcast and you've got some kids in the room, probably should wait till they're not in the room. Why do you say that? Because we're dropping truth bombs and F-bombs. So you got to do that for later. And we're going to talk about poop. This is an open-ended podcast. I'm Sarah Vincent. And I'm James T. Green. With your electric mixer, whip a pint of cream until it makes soft peaks. Add two tablespoons of powdered sugar and four ounces of goat cheese in small lumps. Keep whipping until the cream mixture is well incorporated and forms firm peaks. In a bowl or baking dish, or just neatly stacked freestyle on a plate, place a few small blocks of whipped cream as a stabilizing first layer. Add a single layer of graham crackers, cover with strawberries, but don't bunch them up. Evenly sliced berries of equal heights are the key to a stable ice box cake. Cover the layer of berries with a thin layer of cream, focusing on getting the goods all the way to the edge. Add more grams on top, followed by strawberries. Lather, rinse, repeat until you're all out of berries or grams, whichever comes first, finishing with a top layer of graham crackers. Cook the top and sides, if you're freestyling, with whipped cream, and let the cake hang out in the fridge for at least two hours. Overnight's probably better. To serve, do whatever you want. Slice it, scoop it, do you to the fullest. We do recommend, though, that you decorate with freshly sliced berries on top and serve it super cold. And what reminds me weekend and a really crazy week but you know during the lawn you know the summertime is happening it's been a bit humid in chicago mm-hmm. yeah it's literally like a sauna like a swamp yeah <laughs> swamp ass is happening as yeah well. literally like my butt is so wet right now. <laughs> 
Like I did probably like an 11 mile bike ride and it feels like 102 yeah. outside. And I'm pretty sure like I left just a trail of sweat. I don't even want to look at my bike seat right now. So I, I didn't have that kind of uh, that kind of reaction. <laughs> but um, I didn't wear appropriate clothes. Um, I'm like wearing like a button. I'm like wearing, wearing all de- de- denim. A Canadian suit, if you will. It's a good shirt, though. It's a good shirt, but, like, it's not appropriate for the weather it is today. Yeah. And, like, I also had a jacket on and took off at some point earlier. But um, I got mosquito bites on my ankles, which is the only part of my body that was showing. And it's like, really? Come on, guys. What is it about mosquitoes that they always seem to go at the parts that have, like, the least amount of, like, like juice? You know what I mean? I know, right? And, like, if they're <laughs> in my ankles, I mean, like, they're not, you know, bony, but, like, you know... <laughs> They're, you know, they're my ankles, and like it's, and I have tight pants on. It's not, it's not really cute to like be bending down and scratching my ankles every two seconds, <laughs> which is what I felt like doing. Like you're like, and like you know, I didn't have appropriate amount of lotion, so now my ankles look ashy as fuck. Yeah, I look like I can like start a fire with my ankles happening a little bit. Yeah. it's just like a layer of ash with the ankle, and then like it's red, so it's like a lot. It's a lot happening. Yeah, I know ashy problems. Oh my gosh, and it's it's real. It's real. Oh, it's so real. So, but yeah. you know, it's not as real as our guest. <laughs> that was a terrible segue, yo. That was a terrible. I didn't exactly know how I would segue from ashy ankles into talking <laughs> about our guest, so I just figured I'd take on that role. Well, I hope our guest <laughs> mind being segued from yeah. ashy ankles—that's yeah. a true thing. So we have our guest in oh. our little studio, studio. who does studio. not have ashy ankles. I hope not. <laughs> Definitely doesn't. Um, we have Rachel Adams. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm wonderful. This is delightful. You're delightful. Thank you so much. Well, that's true. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to like you already. Um, Yeah, so thank you so much for... uh, (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for joining us this this evening. Of course. This is is great. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. Yeah, so for the people out there who don't know who you are, you mind telling us a little bit about you? Yeah, um, I'm a food writer and blogger. Um, I run the blog Dinner Was Delicious with my best friend Lucy Hewitt, a photographer here in Chicago. Uh, I talk about food and eating it without kind of being – we try really hard not to be, like, too precious about food since, like, you know, food is something that we all have to do every day. It's it's something that doesn't have a lot of space for being really, like – bougie and uptight so we try to have some fun with food and just really focus on helping people figure out how to eat it and make it tasty that's awesome i appreciate that because sometimes you go into these websites and it's like pinterest exploded on there right and it's like oh okay i mean i see what you're trying to do here i know there's like a whole like aesthetic thing but you know I know that behind the lens is just some, you know, some other, you know, skinny white chick who's like, you know, like, <laughs> I I like cupcakes or like, right. I like sprinkles on things and pink is my favorite color. Like, yeah, but that's not really me so much. I just like to eat Pop-Tarts out of the box sometimes <laughs> and maybe or may not toast them. So that's like the real talk. Like, that's kind of like where I'm at. Like, where's that girl online? Like, where, where can I find those recipes? Right. And like... Food is a delicious, beautiful, magical thing for building community and, like, strong, happy bodies and everything that's great about the world and showing people that you love them. Like, food is the coolest thing in the world. But, like, it's going to be poop in an hour or two. Like, Essentially, yeah. So there's not a lot of space 
That's her real. Precious I love face. that. I love that she like made that connection. Wow. So, and, and right from the get go, <laughs> talked like, about duties so in the first ten minutes of a podcast. Hell yeah, it's pretty great. Good job. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's why like I'm a huge fan. Dinner was delicious is because like it presents it in that kind of way where it's like yeah, food is something great that you know brings people together, but in the end, it's something that we're going to eat. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like it's survival. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, like you have to eat. <laughs> yeah. Like it's like thirst. And hunger are like the two main hungers you have. So, you know, for it to get away from the whole, you know, aesthetic thing is really nice, which I appreciate. It's real. So how did it end up starting anyway? So Lucy, my best friend and photographer, um, we used to work for a job that wasn't super creatively satisfying. So during the day I do like business operations for Chicago tech companies. And she used to be a graphic designer, though she's doing photography full time now. Um, so we worked for like a company that basically encouraged tweens to text. It was in a strip mall in the suburbs and it was, it was a lot of things, but creatively fulfilling was not one of them. So we started, I was baking out of my apartment doing like a little underground catering thing and Lucy was getting started in photography. So we decided like, let's put these things together. She, she wasn't super comfortable cooking. So I was sort of teaching her how to start cooking and she was taking pictures of it and, I've always been a writer, so um, the blog just sort of came together naturally on its own. Lucy was taking the pictures, and I was making the food, and here we are. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, I like how those, especially like female friendship too, mm-hmm. um, which I think is what means so much to the blog too. Is that it doesn't always get that kind of exposure, especially online. You always have women, you know. Fighting against each other, constantly competing, but like mm-hmm. seeing two ladies, you know, actually work together as a team and build something great is really encouraging. So um, thank you for doing that. Oh, yeah. It, it's like it. what's really great about it is that it's an opportunity for the two of us to like share skills for each other, too. Like mm-hmm. Lucy couldn't cook great when we started, but now like she makes us on like our cook days because we shoot once a month. Um, she makes us lunch and it's oh, delicious. Nice. And like now I can, you know, Instagram and not have it look like an actual literal like murder garbage dump. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, it's good being able to like share be able to share something you're creative with with a friend is always like really fun yeah that's great man what was the worst like food dish you've ever seen instagrammed because i've seen some pretty nasty um it was probably mine if you go no no, seriously if you go to the dinner was delicious instagram uh (laughs) at effing delicious um and look at the first one that was i did it and it's and i tried to like take this like sexy pinteresty picture of this like delicious beet juice that i had made and it just it just it just looked like blood and turds and this and like oh, it, it was God. i had the flash on oh, no. it's so sad you guys that seriously like my new favorite thing i need to find that oh yeah absolutely. My avatar. it's a thing it's like you make it what you will it's <laughs> It looks real nice. Oh, man. I need to find that in the interwebs. Have you ever seen that? Um, I think it's like a Tumblr. It's like Pinterest fails. Yes. <laughs> Best yes, thing in the world. Yeah, it's pretty great. When I'm sad about myself, I go yeah. on there like, oh, I don't feel so bad anymore. <laughs> it's like that. And my other favorite Tumblr is Old Loves. Which one? Old Loves. Um, it's like a Pinterest of like old celebrity couples who are no longer together anymore. Oh, like no, but it's great. Like I found out that Glenn Close and Woody Harrelson were a couple for like three weeks oh. in the eighties. Yeah, exactly. What? Yeah, exactly. 
it's fantastic. It's like a rabbit hole, though. Like, I, I've spent days, literal days, like, going through, like, I'll go at work and listen on Tumblr and just look constantly. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, enough about Tumblr. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you're going to fucking rabbit hole conversation on Tumblr, but... Which is totally fine. Yeah, so, uh, do you have anything coming up next for the the website? So we just relaunched uh, the blog. We just did a total makeover and we're super pumped. Moved actually off of Tumblr, um, though we still have our Tumblr super active, kind of freer for like reblogs and like communicating with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just moved to like a new pretty website. I saw it's, it's very nice. It's lovely. It's it was WordPressy. It's it is very WordPressy, which is great because they have like little plugins, so I can type in a recipe into like a little widgety guy, and it comes out lo- looking you know organized <laughs> and like copy and pasteable instead of sort of like here's some bullet points on on a thing. And, you know, so it's. It's a lot. It's a lot cleaner. It's a, it looks more like a food blog, and there's an index now, which is great. So you can like search or browse or just like spend hours, mm-hmm. not hours, minutes, uh-huh. um, going through the archives and, and checking stuff out. Very nice. If you like what you're listening to you right now, you should check out some other really great Chicago podcast co-op podcasts. One in particular that me and James are filming this week is Roboism, where Alex and Savannah talk about feminism and about, of course, robots. That's Roboism here at the Chicago Podcast Cooperation. So uh, speaking of like your index, um, I know there's a lot of really cool tags, but, like vegan and vegetarian and semi-vegetarian. So like, what's your relationship with food? I think like any woman living in America has a really weird relationship with food, like, or at least long. Um, I'm in a really good place now, but part of the reason that I started cooking as much as I do um, was to kind of heal from a really like dysfunctional relationship with the food and eating in my body. Um, um, So growing up like had bulimia and anorexia and a few other like eating disorder spectrum mental illnesses um, that sort of, and you know, and on top of just being like being a chunky kid Mm -hmm. whose mom was, interesting um like putting on get put on atkins when i was in kindergarten like grew up with like a really limited food history of like the things that i had exposure to so like we didn't eat vegetables like i I grew up and like we there were just certain foods that like i had never had like asparagus i didn't have until i was like in my 20s um so yeah food food histories are definitely complicated and really make a big impact on the blog because being a woman in America, like not only is your body scrutinized and like body and what you put into it are very tightly close, are very like close knit. Um, but also just like what you eat and the foods that you choose are such like class signifiers that like it's, it's really it can be really complicated as a woman to just like get up in the morning and eat a fucking sandwich or like 
or an untoasted pop tart. No, no judgment, no shame <laughs> ever. Um, it can be it can be really complicated. And I think one of the things that we want to do with the blog is make people comfortable with the fact that like you have to eat. And you may as well make it enjoyable because you're going to have to do that like every day until you no longer wake up in the morning. <laughs> totally. Yeah, that's kind of similar to what my background – I didn't really have necessarily classified eating disorders, mm-hmm. but I had kind of fat kid, um, poor kid syndrome Yeah, where I you know, didn't live in a household where I could leave food on the plate just because mm-hmm. we had limited food in general and it wasn't necessarily healthy food it was you know high in sodium it was a lot of like tv dinners for a long time when i was younger younger and then um when i got older like in high school i was able to make my own food choices and go grocery shopping and get fresh vegetables if i wanted to but then of course you know the damage was already done i already was already overweight already kind of not knowing how to even exercise properly so food has always had this very weird dependency on it just because I wasn't really sure how I would eat or when I would eat. And, um, yeah, like even I didn't even know what vegan was until I was, gosh, 16. I didn't know that people decided they weren't going to eat certain foods. Like, why would you do that? Like, you eat when you eat. (laughs) And the idea of someone or anyone deciding to not eat a certain way, which is really weird for me. And, um, dealing with that and just different di- dietary issues because I had dietary issues growing up. I, I'm um, allergic to beeswax, so I can't oh. eat honey. I can't eat anything coming from a bee, essentially. Hmm. And um, yeah, being stung by a bee too would um, it almost killed me once. So um, I always had that kind of fear against certain foods. And then I'm lactose intolerant, so I can't drink milk. Um, cheeses i can eat cheese but like in moderation so i've already had some kind of like weird restrictions already so food has either been like a last ditch effort for for survival or like fear because i couldn't eat certain things so yeah i totally understand coming from like a mindset where food was you know complicated yes complicated exactly i think yeah complicated and hard and like honestly like painful for something that you have to do like Mm -hmm. multiple times a day like when that is sort of like your worst enemy like the scariest like there was a point in my life where getting up and like going to the kitchen was the scariest thing i could do Mm -hmm. because i had you know because anxiety and all the other like disordered behaviors like all of my worth was being placed on what my body looked like and what I put into my then body. Then you have to eat though. But you have but you have to eat. And so it's just like this really complicated sort of like dance that you have to do. Um and yeah, I th- I think it I think it was re- it's it's really interesting that you kind of coming from that like poor kid syndrome place cuz like also like me too like grew up, you know, it was like off-brand, like light mm-hmm. frozen dinners. Um, yeah, my brother, my brother had cancer when I was growing up. He's fine. Oh, He's an asshole. Everything worked out okay. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> so, <laughs> that's sort of my like new, like defense joke when I'm like, my brother had cancer to like explain something and be like, no, he's an asshole. It's fine. Um, so like, because it's like you don't talk about childhood cancer anyway. So he was on chemotherapy growing up, and we couldn't like could not keep fresh vegetables in the house because of like the microbes that they would bring on him could make him very, very sick. So we just grew up like generic yogurt processed diet, diet off brand soda and like whatever, like light, light generic brand, like frozen dinner, like everything was super processed, but like, so kind of coming from, you had kind of talked about like 
heaviness and like bodies and like mm. I'm a I'm I'm a big woman like two hundred and fucking fifty pounds, um, which is great. But like, so I take a really weight neutral approach to nutrition mm. um, and dieting and lifestyle. We're like separating the idea of healthiness and the idea of. Um, of what your your body's dimensions are. Like I think those are two completely different factors and you can be well nourished and you can be happy and you can be healthy if that's a thing that like I also think that healthy is a privilege and like health exists on a spectrum and it isn't like one attainable goal. Like it's a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those are two very, very separate ideas and something that makes food – something that reinforces sort of the class issues around eating food um, is the idea that like weight and – class are are tied to health um, when really like weight and food are different from health um, yeah no that's I, I I completely agree I think that just putting so much pressure on what you put inside your body kind of defeats the whole purpose of being healthy because if you're thinking about what you're eating constantly right. I mean there's anxiety like I mean, for me personally I, I get anxious and when I get mm-hmm. anxious I don't eat I just don't, I because I, I can't. Like my body won't let me. Yep. Like it, it, it's hurt. It hurts to eat when I'm anxious. So like, um, you know, constantly focusing on food, it just continues and perpetuates that cycle of, you know, not being able to get the nutrition and the health that you sort of really need. There's this great nutritionist named Ellen Statter who has this like program called like Learn to Eat, like teaching women who have had this and men, everyone, um, how to like literally like reconnect with their bodies because we have metabolisms that like our bodies evolved over millennium to tell us, you know, we didn't have little apps in our pocket to tell us like, okay, I need to eat, you know, 500 more calories and I need it to be like 60% protein or whatever. So our bodies evolved metabolisms to tell us how much we need to eat and what we need to be eating. And this program that she has, like it helps you learn how to reconnect like with your body. So you can listen to the signals of like, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I want to eat certain, you know, I want, I want to eat high protein. I want to eat high vegetables. I need some fucking carbs right now. Right. Um, it's, it's really great. Interesting. Um, yeah. That kind of reminds me also just like intuitive eating. Yep. Ex- exactly. And she's one of the founders of the intuitive eating. Oh, okay. Um, cool. 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 Principle. If you've ever. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, read something. I can't remember where I read it, but like really recently, like last week or so about that. So awesome. I would definitely check that out and we'll put that in the show notes. Yay. So, um, but yeah, um, just going off of like, you know, kind of. You said, like, you know, 600 calories and, like, carbs. Do you do any kind of, like, food journaling or do you kind of keep up with what you eat ever or? So I, through blogging, Mm -hmm. honestly, because all of the recipes kind of come from what I eat in my daily life, um, that sort of is my food journal. And tweeting and Instagram, like, I try to share most of my meals because, like, A, it's a, you know, self-promotional thing and I want to share with, like, my readers um, what we're doing and what we're eating, but also um, it sort of like keeps me accountable and like keeps me out of my disordered behaviors. Um, in the past, uh, when I've sort of gone through periods of relapse, there's a really amazing app called Recovery Record that not only do, do you like type in sort of like non judgmentally, like I ate a sandwich, um, it also has like a how do you feel? Like how do you feel mentally? What's your anxiety like? And like how do you physically feel? Are you tired? Are you energized? Are you bloated? Um, it's really cool. So um, is there any places besides, like, um, 
Like, do you get recipes from friends or family, or how do you get recipes? I think we're in a really interesting place right now with, like, how recipes are shared because there aren't a lot of really great applications that make it easy for you to enter recipes, like, type it in. Like, the entry is so manual, so people rarely share them. Um even though I think that Pinterest was a tool created by the patriarchy to further subjugate women and keep them in competition with each other, I fucking love Pinterest. That's, that is a, that is the exact reason why I didn't join a get a Pinterest for a really long time. Also, though, I couldn't figure out how to like yeah. sign up. Plus but that, one, but because because that's because I'm ten because like I have a podcast about technology. I'm terrible at technology. <laughs> right? I, I turned thirty one and then just had to like expand the size of the text on my phone and then just like my I just hand my like all my tech stuff to my husband don't even give a fuck um because I just can't get it anymore yeah Pinterest is hard I don't know how to use it but I do know that if I type like uh you know onion potato blue cheese or whatever in there whatever ingredients I have I can find a really great recipe usually in like just a couple clicks yeah real talk I use Pinterest for like natural hair hairstyles like that's why i use it for, for my hair care because yeah. i love my hair and I could, have, I could have a whole episode or maybe four about my hair if i really want to get into it <laughs> but moving on um but yeah like do you get recipes from family members or friends or anything like off-site off technology i do so my husband's family is from the south so they have these really amazing recipes just like handed down do they sit that- in a pot they do they what? Oh gosh, okay, that was a that was a that was a callback from a previous episode, but like it's a southern thing where like oh. if they can cook really well, they can sit in a pot. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Wait, I love that expression. Oh, I can sit in a pod. So, yeah. <laughs> I've been trying to, like, throw that back into another podcast episode for a while. So I'm happy that I was able to do that. Good work. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they can sit in pots. Nice. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, every time we go back there, I just sort of, like, sit in the corner of the kitchen and just, like, furiously take notes. Because they don't write anything down. Like, they just no. They just know. They just yeah. cook super intuitively. Though I did get Tanner's mom my husband tanner his mom's recipe for ranger cookies which are these like crazy they're like butterscotch but not and all sorts of things they have like three different kinds of cereal in them they're amazing um i finally got it written down on the back of a um like a used car company's uh like flyer it was great nice prized possession very cool and um we're, and um, do you make your own recipes up at all? Yeah, so I do all the all the writing and the de- recipe development for the blog. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just lots of testing. I have lots of very well fed friends, my neighbors, <laughs> everybody. See, this just is when I needed to like you know be your friend. I'm like like hey. I thought we already were. That's awkward. Oh no, I mean like, but like no, I'm not the friend <laughs> that you invite over to your house. <laughs> like I'm, I won't be that friend. You're like hey girl, I got some recipes I gotta try out. Like I will be a guinea pig, no problem. Like Done. legitimately in here, we have like a multitude of snacks that so many Rachel more snacks. Like we usually just have like beer because we're that kind of people on the podcast. But like we got like chips, crackers happening. Wait, we these got, are like, technically caramelized onion crisps. Got some Potter's crackers, caramelized onion crisps. They're the best thing for cheese. We've got a raw cow's milk cheese that's sort of similar to like a gouda. Um, from Wisconsin, and mm-hmm. then also from Wisconsin, there's this. I don't even know how would you describe it. The the other cheese, which one? The other cow's milk cheese. The one. So it's a it's a oh, cow's milk cheese that's it's aged in New Glarus raspberry tart, um, 
barrels or whatever. I don't know. It's, it's really creamy. It's really like, creamy. It's really it's it's it's, it's almost like subtle. cheddar light or almost mm-hmm. like a like a alpine cheese, sort mm-hmm. of like Swissy. Very yeah, gentle. it's very Swissy, but like but it's also like you know firm. It's not it's not it's not that kind of like you know how like Munster cheese or like mm-hmm. Swiss cheese is kind of like squishy, bouncy, yeah. bouncy. For radio, this is what the crackers sound like. Well, that was mostly plastic. But. <laughs> They're the crunchiest crackers in the world. Like, you'll chip a tooth. You just hear that? <laughs> yeah, it's a fire with those bitches. I bet. I bet they would make good kindling as good as Doritos. Doritos mm. make the best kindling when you're camping. Ooh. It's great. Good to know. Yeah, so um, thank you so much for hanging out with us, giving us this multitude of food. Oh, of course. This was wonderful. A nice little spread and just learning about how to nourish our bodies and deal with the fact that, you know, while we have to eat, we always have to make it so that it's not a struggle. So thank you so much. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at dinnerwasdelicious.com. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, we're effing delicious, E F F I N G delicious. Um, and then my personal Twitter is Madam Radams. <laughs> Thank you so much, Rachel. Thanks awesome. for having me. Thank you. What time is for? Oh, I know what time it is. Open call time. Open call. <laughs> <laughs> open call. So, Rachel, what's your open call this week? Um, I am super obsessed with Nancy Silverton from La Brea Bakery's recipe for um, sour cream old fashioned donuts. It's stupid. I made them yesterday. They're no longer with us. Oh, they no. have all been eaten. It's so good. Like, because it's a it's a cake donut, which is usually just chemically leavened, which is, like, it works. It puffs up really fast, but doesn't, like, taste super complex or, like, yeasty. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of just doing the chemical leavening, she also adds some yeast into it. So it's, like, this perfect, just, like, platonic ideal of a donut. Mm-hmm. And it's... It is like irresponsibly simple to make donuts at home. Like, really? it's not even hard. I didn't. I I've never known I could make donuts at home. So like, you I, super can. So okay, you you kind of just like you know changed my life a little bit. A so bit. just a little bit. So <laughs> thank you for changing my life. Of course. <laughs> what about you, Cher? What are you digging? Um, I'm digging this week um, a festival. This music festival that I'm heading to this weekend in Euclid, Wisconsin, called Euclid's with. Um, E A U X instead of A U E. Sorry, A E A U. Jeez, I can't spell. Wait, <laughs> Euclid's Music Festival, and um, it's brought together by Justin Vernon, who is the mastermind behind Bon Iver and many other musical endeavors, but mostly for Bon Iver and Aaron Dresner of the National. They teamed up and put together this really, really nice little festival in um, Justin Vernon's hometown. And it's like part Wisconsin music um, art, musicians and artists, part Minneapolis, since Euclid is just almost as close to Minneapolis as it is to any other bigger city. It's kind of like halfway between Milwaukee and 
um, Minneapolis, and then a lot of international artists and uh, big artists like Sufjan Stevens is playing, um, Spoon is playing, some really big gacks, like Indigo Girls are doing like an entire album in its entirety. Like it's going to be awesome. So I'm pretty excited about going to that. But most, more importantly, I got to listen to Bonnie Iver's music again. I haven't listened to their albums in a while just because... I don't know, it's been since 2011 he put out an album, but his first album um, still is one of my favorite albums of all time, called on for Emma Forever Go, and it's a really perfect breakup album. I was going through a breakup in 09, when it, like, a, like a year after it came out, and I remember just listening to it for hours and hours, holding my pillow on my on my, my, my bed and just holding myself, essentially, but like having... Like this really great cathartic cry, knowing that some side white boy out there was feeling the same feelings. So, um, <laughs> thank you, Justin. <laughs> Call out to you, my friend. I hope to um, rub elbows with you this weekend. So that is my call out this week. How about you, James? I hope he knows you re- literally means like elbows, just like touching. Oh yeah, definitely <laughs> elbows, like literal elbows, elbows. Okay, so I am super excited for my open call this week. Oh my god. Are so you pulling a share? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pulling a share right now. Okay, so like when Apple Music came out, um I just started listening to like a crap ton of new music and I have been putting this off for a while, but then I just ended up listening to Casey Musgraves' new album, Casey <laughs> Pageant Material, she and <laughs> and my favorite track on that album is Dime Store Cowgirl, which is pretty much what I call the country version of Drake's uh, Started from the Bottom. good like the hook on it is just really really good she's just a really good lyricist and i think that like ladies don't get enough respect in that regard as far as like musicianship she's so fucking clever so she's so funny and also talented and james you got me addicted to her as well and i cannot stop listening to it i listen seriously listen to the entire time i was making donuts yesterday i was listening to casey musgraves it's the Best. Yeah, she's. I'm, Best. Yeah, she's been around. I think this is her second album. She put out her first album, same trailer park, same trailer, different park in 2013, which was really, really great too. So, yay, Casey Musgraves. Like, I, like, I think that's like a communal open call for everyone. Definitely. If you like what you heard on this last episode of the Open Ended Podcast, please give us a shout out on iTunes, either by rating us a five star so we can get higher in the charts 
or leaving a review. We really appreciate it. Until next time, keep things open-ended. House in my Forever 21 cultural appropriation jumper. Oh, yeah. And also, it's probably made of fucking plastic. So, like, just yeah. stick it in the dishwasher. You're good. Yeah, but, like, honestly, Sanitized. Yes. Correct. The longer you can, the longer you can go without washing them, the better. Because yeah. like, if you wash them, they're actually fuck up more. Like I've had more holes sure. caused by washing the Forever Twenty One shirt than actually like beat out the world. Right. Oh, for sure. Like, for sure. Real talk. I got a hole in a.